Welcome to Escape Routes with Condé Nast Traveller. My name is Melinda Stevens, the Editor-in-Chief of Condé Nast Traveller US and Condé Nast Traveller UK, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to our podcast series. Travel is all about storytelling, a story of a place, of its people, of a journey, and at Condé Nast Traveller we've always celebrated the most transportative, evocative travel writing. With much of the world currently grounded, we've come together to take you to some of our favourite places, if only in your imagination, by listening to our most loved travel stories read aloud by the writers who penned them. We hope these short escape routes allow you to daydream of far-flung adventures, discover the world's curious corners or recast familiar destinations in a fresh light, and that you love these travel stories as much as I do. Hello, my name is Izzy Von Simpson. Welcome to Condé Nast Traveller's Escape Routes. I will be reading my piece on Koh Lanta, Thailand, which featured in the Condé Nast Traveller May 2014 issue. I hope you enjoy it. No one in Bangkok will believe you're going to Koh Lanta. Ooh, taxi drivers will shake their heads. Why you want to go there for? Hotel doormen will doff their caps and smile. Have a good time in Samui. Porters on the shiny concourse at the airport will wink. You're going to party in Phuket? At Krabi, still a long way from the final destination, you are likely to be the only Farangs at the airport taking the road south rather than west to the limestone-cragged postcard beaches of Rayleigh and Ao Nang. Onwards, you'll trundle down dual carriageways, past trucks piled high with spiky pineapples and knobbly jackfruit, onto car ferries, heaving, lumbering, diesel-choking car ferries, then onto the island itself, a single-track road driving through low, shrubby palm groves, getting further and further away from the noise and the bright lights with every twist and curve. And that there is precisely the point. It's not as if Koh Lanta is some hidden secret paradise, an untouched spot where no one but the most intrepid backpacker has ever set foot. In fact, it's quite big. Lanta Yai, the main island, there are more than 50 marine park-protected little ones in the archipelago, is 30 kilometres from top to bottom, with a sandy fringe along the west coast, a jungly spine down its middle, and dramatic rockery to the east. But it is, in the grand scheme of Thai islands, deliciously unspoilt. There are reasons for this. Firstly, it's a trek to get here. Krabi only has international flights from Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. Hong Kong is on the cards, but still. Your average journey looks like this. Long-haul flight, short-haul flight, taxi, car ferries, plural, more taxiing, perhaps a speedboat straight to the sand in high season. So those visitors who do finally end up splashing in the gin-clear, bathwater-warm Andaman Sea have made quite an effort. Secondly, the southern part of Thailand is mostly Muslim, which means a culture that develops slowly, methodically, with thought and care. Overt displays of wealth and power are not the done thing here. 
Consequently, Colanta has a very mellow, softly tuned vibe. It's a low-rise, go-slow kind of place. The rustle of the breeze through the rubber tree plantations is interrupted only by a muezzin call to prayer. Everyone has a different explanation about the origins of the island's name. Some say their Malay ancestors call it Pulau Satak, meaning Long Beach Island, which makes perfect sense. Others lean towards the Javanese translation of Lanta, a fish grill. Either way, it has its roots in beaches and fishes, so everyone's happy. The Muslim community is joined in this melting pot by a hefty chunk of Thai Chinese. This was once a stop-off point between the trading posts of Phuket and Penang, and also the once nomadic sea gypsies, the Urak Lawai. Everyone might dance to a slightly different beat, but the general rhythm of Koh Lanta is a groovy one. In the 1980s, the first rucksack-carrying travellers trickled over from the mainland. A few beach huts sprang up and a little scene sparked off. What visitors there were, mostly Scandinavians and Germans, cruised about on junkyard mopeds, ate king prawns the size of lobsters at roadside shacks, and knocked back, not quite chilled singer beers by lantern light. It certainly was unplugged, the island was only hooked up to Maine's electricity in 1996. Now the voltage is red regular and the lodgings are lovelier. Although, if you want to crash out in a basic sandy shack, you still can. Check out Fisherman's Cottage or Lanta Roundhouse. But a steady stream of more grown-up West Coast bolt holes has emerged in the past 25 years. There's Costa Lanta, an overgrown garden punctuated with polished concrete minimalist havens. By far the edgiest, design-wise, it's about as espresso martini as it gets on the island. Sri Lanta, further down the coast, is a little more local, with layers of teak and rattan in its pitched roof cottages. Then there's Liana, somewhere between the two geographically, and the jazziest place to bed down on this stretch. It's right on a wide and deserted beach, with blonde sand gently sloping into pale blue water. The sunbeds have buzzers to press for service, and there's a lovely pool, elegant, sleek and oblong, pointing straight out to sea. No fountains, no fuss, no chlorine. Just salt water that's hydrolyzed to the same level as human tears. There's a restaurant whipping up fresh sesame seed-encrusted seared tuna with fiery mango salsa. Rooms are easy, breezy, effortless, with wide beds, sunken baths and outdoor showers beloved by the many returning guests. And five years ago saw a smart refurb with a new spa and top-notch two-bedroom villa called La Maison, sharpening the look. Beyond these hotel hotspots are the kind of beach bars you really do want to find in Thailand. The kinds with driftwood, palm fronds, bamboo chairs and tables dotted along the sand. Kantang Beach has two gems. Same same but different for drinks as the sun slips down and the why not bar for later on. On Koh Lanta there are full moon parties. The one at Mong Bar promises happy shakes, bang lassie and electro trance. But there are also half-moon parties, new-moon parties, beginning-of-season parties, 
end-of-season parties, mid-season parties, Tuesday night parties, but all on a small scale. they're not mass market raves. It's just an excuse to string up the star-shaped paper lanterns and call in the local band that does great renditions of Nirvana and Oasis. The boys behind the bar wear skinny jeans and have shiny black hair down to their elbows, chunky silver rings studded with turquoise and a number of piercings and tattoos, at least two, because one of them always runs the ink parlour up the road by day. They serve sang-song buckets, rum, M151, which is similar to Red Bull, Coca-Cola, a good squeeze of lime, loads of ice and a fistful of straws for 300 baht. This is the scene. It hasn't changed for 20 years, even the music's still the same. The only problem with sang-song buckets is the hangover the next day, so it's best to avoid them if you have any urge to get out and get underwater. There's fantastic diving here. Incredible visibility, underwater pinnacles, coral outcrops and masses of marine life. Koha, which is about an hour and a half out, is a collapsed volcanic island with steep drop-offs to the side and more than a dozen dive sites, caverns and chambers, where you'll see turtles, octopus and pointy-nosed barracuda. Dedicated divers won't blanch at the two-hour boat ride to the even more impressive Hin Dang, the Red Rock, a coral-rich playground for spotting manta ray and maybe even a whale shark. And you don't have to arrange to dive through your hotel. There are dive shops in almost every village which tend to be much cheaper and just as good. If scuba isn't your thing, there's brilliant fishing, amazing snorkeling, sea kayaking to the limestone caves at Koh Talabang, and long-tail boat trips to the gnarled mangroves around Koh Klang and Koh Lantanoi. But to really understand the island, you need to forget the obvious attractions, the sea, the sand, and explore a bit. Hire a moped and head away from the west coast, away from the beaches, through the tangled green interior and out east. Buzz past houses with wrought-iron birdcages swinging in the trees. The more bird cages you have, the richer you are. That's as status conscious as this place gets. Past lopsided three-wheelers heavy with family members, over the hump of the island and down the other side. From there, there are Jurassic Park-like views, out across the water to Lanta's many uninhabited islets. And there at the bottom of the hill is the old town. A time warp of a place, a film set of shuttered, century-old teak houses on stilts. There are a few bars, Mango House, Apsara, Katuchak, a shop that just sells hammocks, it's called Hammock House, you can't miss it, a minor bird at the fresh restaurant that squawks hello and good morning, whatever time of day, a red and gold Chinese temple, and some kooky dwellings to stay in. 
There are two overwater rooms at Lanta Pole Houses and three at Mango House. And there's none of that pina colada dime a dozen sunset feel here. Instead, facing east, it's all about strong coffee and a blast of pink dawn with the high tide lapping beneath your floorboards. For something more unashamedly comfortable, there's no beating Pimalai. Pimalai is the kingpin, but it's charming too. At this hotel, there's no marble, no glitz, no razzmatazz. It's big, with more than a hundred rooms, but so artfully designed and spread out that it doesn't feel it. Gorgeous pool villas are tucked away between cashew trees on the hilltop. Sweets trickle down towards a powdery swathe of sand. To the left and behind, rugged monkey-filled forest hugs the curve of the bay. The sea is the scene's dealer here. There are no jet skis, no speedboats, just the swish of the waves along the half-mile stretch of shore. Five cabanas and a few rows of parasol sunbeds are populated by Euro couples. French, Dutch, German, Italian, boys with Ray-Bans, girls in the tiniest black bikinis and Panama hats. Families with children stay around the lower pool. If you're lucky, you'll see elephants wander down with their mahouts for a bath. More likely, though, is the sight of a London banker heading out to sea in a Hobie cat, only to be rescued by hotel staff an hour later. Then there's the spa, such a pretty spa, tumbling down the hill with rushing water, pools of koi carp, thatched salas, and therapists who are thrillingly mean, crunching and kneading with no mercy. It's a simple setup with facials, massages, and no promise of a life-changing, time-altering treatment. Just serious therapies to make you feel better. And a sense of purpose and place. Here, the ginger tea is rooted and appropriate. The foot bath is authentic, traditional. The stone bowls of concentric pink and white flowers are local and relevant. At night, the hotel is lantern-lit. The cicadas roar. Frogs come out, croaking and lolloping by the pools. Inside your room, the look is low-key, with dark wood and smooth stone floors. Cloud-like beds, floor-to-ceiling windows, and curtains made from slices of bamboo. It's chic, but not groundbreaking. You're not here for that. If you wanted a blast, a buzz, you'd be on Phuket or Samui. But Pimalai, much like Koh Lanta itself, is in a different zone. It's not cutting edge. It's not cool. It's at ease in its own skin. People come here over and over again because they know it's not going to change. Not just yet, anyway. This podcast has been brought to you by Malaysia Airlines, the national carrier of Malaysia, which is the best way to fly to, from and around Malaysia. Flights run from London Heathrow to Kuala Lumpur on board the state-of-the-art Airbus A350. The airline is a member of One World, so customers can also collect and redeem Avios, as well as earn tier points when booking Malaysia Airlines flights to Southeast Asia and Australasia. For more information, visit www.malaysiaairlines.com.
We hope you enjoyed our Escape Routes podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe to help boost us in the charts and ensure you are the first to hear about new episodes.